welcome to Major Choices, a podcast all about designing the career you want. I'm Rachel Gerber, a career coach at Indiana University who works with hundreds of college students each year, helping them navigate their own major choices in life. In 30 minutes or less, we're going to discuss how to explore your options, learn about yourself, and start to head down a career path that feels right for you. So think of me as your personal career coach in your feed on the go. Today's episode is a special Major Choices bonus episode, as I'm temporarily sharing the microphone with a group of my colleagues here at Indiana University in academic advising and career coaching. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the importance of being curious and the impact of continually learning, whether that's understanding yourself or others, as well as developing different skill sets. And so today I wanted to bring on my friends, Lisa Hamilton, Nikki Blackwell, and Mike Wiktrowski on the podcast to share about what we've been learning and how we're growing as we've been in a cohort together delving into topics and skills regarding intercultural competency with the Office of International Services. And it dovetails perfectly with our students' question of the week. So stick around. Welcome to episode 29, Cultivating Cultural Curiosity. Lisa, Mike, and Nikki, welcome to Major Choices. Hi, so glad to be here. It's so great to have you all here. So Lisa, now you were a guest on Major Choices last semester when we talked about self-care and the career development process. And I think it was episode 23. And Mike, you did a two-part series for the podcast back in episodes 15 and 16, which was one of my favorite called Major Mike, where you highlighted a few majors that students could study here at IU that they might not know a whole lot about. So it's so good to have you both back. Yeah. And Nikki, also welcome to Major Choices for the first time. It's so good that you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Great. So, well, before we jump into today's conversation, would you um, all first please introduce yourself and what your current role is here at IU? Lisa, why don't you go first? Okay, sure thing. I'm Lisa Hamilton, and I'm the Associate Director for Exploratory Career Coaching at the Career Development Center. And Mike? Hi, everyone. I'm Mike Wytrowski. I am currently the Assistant Director of Academic Advising at the IU Bloomington School of Public Health. And last but not least, Nikki? Hi, yeah, my name is Nikki Blackwell. I am an Academic Advisor at the School of Public Health for IU Bloomington. Yay. Well, y'all, these are the best of the best. So if you are a student here at IU, I hope that you have a chance to work with one of them at least at some point. So as I mentioned before, we all came together in an intentional way over the last five months or so as we were, we are participating in this mid-level certification with the Office of International Services for Intercultural Competency. And this is a certificate which is a professional development opportunity for IU employees who want to expand their understanding about you know, the complexities of intercultural communication and collaboration. So it, I have felt like it has been a really rich experience of learning and growing over these past two semesters. And I wanted to bring all of you on, Mike, Nikki, and Lisa, to talk about this and the importance of developing cultural curiosity. Because, you know, we had a student call in this past week with this question, and I think you all would have some really helpful reflections to share about it. So listen in. 
Hi, Rachel. I recently had a career coach come to my class and give a presentation about skill sets or something that employers are looking for when entering the workforce. I remember one in particular that they talked about equality and inclusion. Can you give me more details about this and ways I can develop this more, not only personally, but also as I think about my future career? Thanks for your help. Thanks so much for your question. Wow, what an important one. First of all, I'm just so glad that a career coach was able to come and speak in your class and share about what skills or career competencies employers are looking for in new hires entering the workforce. Um, so before we really jump in, to set the stage, what the career coach was really referring to was the NACE competencies. Lisa, you're a career coach, and I know you're familiar with NACE. So why don't you jump in here and give us an overview about what NACE is and what the NACE competencies are? Would you do that? Of course. Yes, NACE stands for National Association of Colleges and Employers, and this is a national organization that career develop, development offices across the country look to. Um, they look to for their guidance to help us with that transition for students from graduating into your first full-time job. And they have put together this really great list of what they call competencies. So competencies are a little more complex than just a specific skill. Um, they might involve lots of skills working together, and in some ways they seem very easy, but they take a lifetime to kind of develop fully. So those competencies are career and self-development, and that one's probably the least, I know when I work with students, the one that's sort of the least obvious what that is, but that's sort of just being able to understand yourself, how you want to grow, being able to advocate for yourself and know that you have certain strengths and certain areas maybe that you need to work on and, and how you can work with your uh, employer to, um, to develop in the ways that you want to as you grow in your career. Then there's communication, and that is, involves both written and oral communication, being able to be clear and um, effective and efficient in your, in your communication style. Critical thinking, so being able to think critically, um, to solve problems, to um, look at situations from different points of view, um, very important part of, um, you know, being able to contribute. And then we have equity and inclusion. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that one today, so I won't go into too much detail with that. Leadership, um, that's another one that these, these are all skills you can start developing now while you're in college. So a lot of times you'll hear about college students, you know, taking on leadership roles. So that's really important to do. But being able to recognize um, the, the personal strengths of a team and of different members of a team and how to use those strengths towards a goal together. Professionalism is another one. And this is understanding and being able to demonstrate effective work habits. Um, also within the context of your the culture of your organization. So that's going to look really different depending on the organization and, and what is, is expected of you in that organization, your professionalism will. Teamwork. So part of teamwork is rec recognizing diverse viewpoints as well, um, but, but also you know, being able to work together. Teamwork, recognizing different points of view and being able to bring a team together at work Again, understanding your own strengths is going to be important in a team too, but being able to work together as a team and then technology. So with technology, obviously we all use technology a lot. We're using it right now, um, but being able to think about ethically how we need to use our technology and being able to use it to accomplish goals, complete tasks that are needed. So all of these skills or competencies are things that employers are looking for 
when you graduate from college. So there are things we want to start developing while we're in college. So yeah, well, thanks, Lisa. That was a great overview of what NACE is. Um, and, you know, so, so the question was really about equity and inclusion, that one particular competency, and really asking about how can we develop that more and more. And so, you know, just to sort of talk about behaviors that equity and inclusion um, taken from the NACE website, what they say is, you know, to solicit and to use, you know, feedback from multiple multiple cultural perspectives to make those inclusive and equity-minded decisions. You know, that those are some behaviors that you can see when um, you're continuing to work on the equity and inclusion competency. Also, you know, actively contribute to inclusive and equitable practices that influence individuals and systematic change realizing that there's a, a broader system going on to advocate for inclusion, um, justice, empowerment for historically marginalized communities, to seek global cross-cultural interactions and experiences that enhance one's understanding about people from different demographic groups that leads to personal growth. And we're really going to take some deep dives into this here. Nikki and um, Mike are going to really, really pull some of those threads here in a second. Also, what does it need to keep an open mind? to diverse ideas and new ways of thinking or identifying resources to eliminate barriers resulting from you know, this individual and systematic racism, inequities and biases, um, to demonstrate flexibility by adapting to diverse environments, as well as you know, addressing changes of system, systems of privilege that limit opportunities for members of historically marginalized communities. You know, all of these things, this is something that's not only good and wise to, to develop as a future employee, but even more so because it's just good and wise as a human being, right? And let's just begin by saying that this sort of development, this professional development, is not something that you do once. It's, as Lisa su suggested earlier, it's a lifelong process that never really ends. Right. So there are active steps that one can take to learn and grow and develop your skills towards being an inclusive thinker and actor. But it's important to recognize that we all come from and are in a culture. In fact, each of us exists simultaneously in many cultural spheres all at once, each of these shaping and in turn shaped by our worldviews. This is very big picture, though, in concept. Mm -hmm. So it might be helpful for us to jump off by putting this conversation in like a more accessible framework. And two useful concepts that we have. Uh, Rachel mentioned earlier, cultural curiosity is one, and cultural humility is another. Cultural curiosity is a desire to learn about and understand people who, because of their backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives, because of their cultures, are different from you, and trying to do this without prejudice, without being judgmental. That reminds me of a Ted Lasso episode. Do you remember <laughs> when he was throwing darts? and he Yeah. He quoted Walt Whitman by saying, be curious, not judgmental. Yeah, that's a great example, Lisa. Cultural curiosity is often about asking questions, just like Ted Lasso suggests in that episode. You know, a curious person would ask questions, he says. Um, and the important thing about this process of being culturally curious is that it's intentional. One has to be curious on purpose. We want to make an effort to become educated about other people and their experiences. And being purposeful in this allows us to develop new perspectives that welcome cultural differences, 
and allows us to be aware of the sometimes subtle, but often very important differences that might shape the behaviors of ourselves and others. However, when we ask questions, it's important that we do so in a way that's empathetic. Sometimes learning new things about people who are different from you can be uncomfortable. But that discomfort isn't a bad thing. As you practice cultural curiosity, you become better at navigating spaces where discomfort might arise. And this may lead us to asking questions that make ourselves and others more comfortable. But it's also important to remember that when we are being curious, it's our job to ensure that we're doing so in a way that's respectful and compassionate. If we ask careless questions, we may unintentionally hurt the people who we're trying to get to know better. So we should avoid questions that rely on our own assumptions. Questions like, where are you really from? Right, when getting to know about somebody's background. Most critically in this process, we have to listen. We ask questions because we wanna hear answers and learn from others. And listening carefully and actively is often far more important than talking ourselves. And when we listen, we wanna be observant to the contexts around us, to what's happening in the people's lives who we're trying to get to know. Listening and observing allow us the opportunity to reflect on what we're learning and evaluate on how we can support those around us. As we work towards becoming culturally curious, something that starts to emerge naturally from this mindset is the second concept I mentioned a little earlier, cultural humility. If cultural curiosity is one side of a coin where we seek to learn about those different from ourselves, cultural humility is the other side of that coin. This is the intentional practice of self-exploration and self-reflection. We intentionally recognize that our backgrounds, experiences, and perspectives are informed by our own cultures, and we consider how those cultural experiences shape us as individuals and as members of communities. If we practice self-awareness, if the practice of self-awareness is the first step in cultural humility, being open is the second. When practicing cultural humility, we want to critique our own assumptions, but just as important, we want to be willing to learn from others. We want to be open to the world around us and consider perspectives beyond our own as valid ways of knowing about and interacting with the world. Thanks so much, Mike. Now, all this probably seems like a lot, but remember, cultural curiosity and cultural humility are ongoing processes, as Mike mentioned before. The more we practice them, the more natural those processes become, just like anything else you practice and get better at over time. So um, sometimes you'll always, it'll something, it will be something you're always working on though. I mean, you're never going to get it down pat, so to speak. So um, we do have some useful entry points, six of them that we, that we'd like to share now. These are ways to kind of help you work on building your diversity and inclusion skill area. So the first would be inquiry. Um, with inquiry, we are looking, it's our desire and willingness to know, ask, find out, and learn new things. It's where we suspend judgment, take it upon ourselves to learn and act intentionally. So we're asking questions, wanting to learn. And then the next one is framing. Framing is when we take the time to examine our own perspective, our own frame, and the frames of others, and this may limit our perspectives. We must consider that people may see the world 
differently based on their cultural frame of reference. And we need to be willing to accept that we might be limiting, might be limited ourselves with our own frames. So the next, uh, the next one is positioning. And positioning is thinking about how we and others are situated in relation to one another and that broader, broader world around us. So this may be geographically, socially, politically, or materially. Um, and this changes depending on when, where, and with whom you're communicating. Uh, so this considering um, positioning allows us to think about even positions of power, uh, like who you may feel comfortable speaking up uh, to in a meeting uh, when some might not. Um, and so, so positioning is, is really important and means something different to different groups of people. Um, dialogue is the next uh, and our fourth uh, from this list. And dialogue is a creative process where, where understanding begins to emerge. Uh, these are conversations that may be uncomfortable, um, but it's where we connect with one another in an empathetic and respectful way. Um, it's a critical process. It's very important. And, it, and it's intentional in engaging with real people who are different from ourselves. And I'd like to think, too, that this is where fun gets to happen because this is where learning starts to take place, where you are getting to learn in talking with another person about, about themselves and about their culture and about, about who they are. And it's a beautiful process. Yeah, I think it's a really beautiful process too, Nikki. Uh, one of the fifth entry points in this um, sort of six-part practice is the process of reflection. And reflection is learning from introspection, from thinking to yourself or about yourself. We all participate in reflection every day, but intentionally self-examining, um, particularly with relation to other people, and acting on this process is important to building that cultural humility we talked about a little earlier. And the last entry point that you could think about is helping to build your skills here is action. And action is the entry point where you actually do something. You do a thing to make a difference in the world around you, around the world around us. We all take actions every day, some small, you know, we get up, we go to class, some very big, we might go to a protest or speak up on behalf of someone who's been marginalized. Doing this with compassion while challenging your own assumptions and assumptions of your cultural norms or challenging prejudices or challenging inequality is key to building intercultural competency. Taking the time to ask question, the question today um, that our student asked that led to our discussion is a great example of action, you know, taking the time to do a thing. And while we sort of introduced these as numbered practices, one to six, this list of things you could do is not a step-by-step -step ordered list. You can start with any one of these things. You could start with reflection or you could start with action based on where you feel most comfortable. If you wanted to start with critical self-reflection and thinking about yourself and your culture, Cultures, to build skills in cultural humility, you absolutely can. If you want to start with sort of the inquiry process, just by reading a book about cultures that are different from your own, to build that culturally, culturally curious mindset, you can do that too. 
Definitely. And and there's some really neat ways that you can do this. So you might be thinking, okay, I, I hear all of these, these great concepts, but how do I, how do I put that into practice? What are some things I can do? Uh, so I love the phrase, and I don't know where I heard it. So I would love to give credit for whoever said this, um, but I, I don't know their name. Um, it's good things happen outside of your comfort zone. And and I just think that it's good to get out of your comfort zone whenever possible, because then it just becomes, like we said earlier, um, a more natural part of, of being for yourself. And so learning in that manner um, is often done through experience. And that's not just in the classroom. Uh, it means going to visit cultural centers, um, looking at the events that are offered from those cultural centers and attending one of them. Um, one that's coming up is our First Nation powwow, and that's on April 1st. So that's a great way to go see someone else's culture and see what's meaningful for them and expand yourself. Um, we also have First Thursday events. Um, it's in uh, the Arts Plaza from the Arts and Humanities uh, groups on campus, and it's all different uh, cultures and, and a diverse group of people coming together to just sh show and share their culture and what they're about and what's meaningful for them. Um, I also had a, a friend, her niece uh, is at a different university right now and her, her roommate is Indian and she is Hindu and celebrates Holi. And so her friend invited her to celebrate Holi with her. And so they got to experience new things that they never would have gotten to experience in the town where I'm from, which is Bedford, Indiana. So very, very uh, lacking in diversity, I think at times. Um, and, and it was a beautiful thing that expanded her. And I think that's a neat way to look at uh, cultural curiosity and humility is that it expands you. It, it doesn't just... Um, it doesn't just give you just different opportunities and experiences, but it actually increases who you are. And so it's, I keep saying it's a beautiful process, but to me, it's so meaningful and so beautiful to get to share life with others who are different than yourself. So it, it, you have a lot of opportunities and you can always ask too, if you need, need an idea of, of something that you can be a part of, ask your career coaches, ask um, the peers that are around you, ask faculty, ask your advisor. Any one of those could give you connections to these different things going on around you to help expand yourself. That was awesome, Nikki. Thanks so much for that reflection and really those sharing those ideas of the practical ways that any IU student can can get involved to expand their cultural humility, to expand their cultural competencies. Um, I think that coming to a place like IU is such a unique experience, right? Um, you, depending on where you're from, you know, you may come like what you said, you know, from maybe small town Indiana. And here, even though Bloomington, Indiana, in and of itself is a fairly small town, um, it's a microcosm of the world, right? Because there are students that are coming from all across the globe and what an expansive and rich experience. You can't if you choose that experience. And so 
um, again, we do this, you know, this expansion, not to just get hired, to check off a box, um, to be able to say, quote unquote, you know, we're competent in equity and inclusion, NACE, um, but we do this in an intentional way because we're better for recognizing that differences do exist and that we're able to develop our own empathy and connect with others wherever they are and how we bring ourselves into this equation, right? Recognizing and reflecting the lenses that we have and that we use to see the world. And as we sort of invite um, our, as we, as we reflect ourselves, right, it develops richer relationships and deeper learning. And the opportunity for cultural humility and curiosity gives us new context to understand ourselves, like I said before, in new ways so that we show up in more connected ways that has the power to change us for the better. And as we grow in these more connected ways, this is what can lead us to become a better boss, a better employee, a better colleague, a better student, a better friend. And that's what matters most. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. The Office of International Services helps Indiana University international students by providing cultural and social programming, as well as accurate immigration advice, including work authorization, and by being a resource that international students can turn to if they don't know who else to contact. We have international student ambassadors from 20 different countries, representing different academic backgrounds, who are willing to talk, answer questions, and share their IU experiences with you. We also provide access to the IU Immigration Bridge for students needing help with post-graduation employment. The Office of International Services is here to guide you every step of the way. To connect with us, you can email ois at iu.edu, check our website, ois.iu.edu, or visit us in person at the Ferguson International Center. Once again, our website is ois.iu.edu that can help you get started. The Office of International Services is here for you. Let's connect. Friends, thanks so much for joining us today on Major Choices, a podcast all about designing the career you want. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to Major Choices, rate us, and leave a review. It helps others looking for career advice to find us out there in podcast land. As always, we hope that this conversation sparks something within you to reflect on as you design your own path ahead. These decisions can often weigh heavy, but remember, you're not alone. If you need help locating your career coach, you can contact us at iucareer@indiana.edu. Finally, in the words of American writer, artist, and social activist Robert Allen, cultural differences should not separate us from each other, but rather cultural diversity brings a collective strength that can benefit all of humanity. Until next time, friends. Be well.